Okay, we're on the air here at Sunshine USA on Anchor FM and Spotify and some of the other platforms that um, we podcast on here at Sunshine USA. I am Warren Landis, your host and Bible teacher here on Sunshine USA, and it is so great to have you tune in to the broadcast uh, this evening. Uh, As you know, this is a podcast dedicated to the study of God's Word. And uh, I have been doing this now for about seven or eight years, and I hope to continue doing it until the Lord calls me home. (laughs) I tell you, I thoroughly enjoy teaching the Word. I enjoy reading the Word. I get so much out of it myself. And I know that other people will get something out of it, too, if they just give the Word of God a chance in their life. Um, On the last broadcast, we actually started a brand new Bible study series. We started a Bible study series in the book of Romans, uh, which is a favorite book of a lot of people, myself included. I love Romans. Of course, I love the whole Word of God. You know, it's hard for me to say really which Bible book I like more, because uh, it's all the holy, inspired, and errant Word of God, and I'm so thrilled to that. Um, Well, I want you to turn in your Bibles to Romans, Romans, um, and we're going to be looking at chapter 1. That might take me just a moment or two to get set up here, and uh, I'm on my smartphone here. And uh, we're looking at the very end of chapter 1 as a way of review. Um, Here we read, they have become filled with every kind of wickedness. Now Paul is talking about um, the people of the world in general. They have become filled with every kind of wickedness, evil, greed, and depravity. They are full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, and malice. They are gossips and... Boy, I tell you, we don't hear enough about that particular sin anymore, do we? The sin of gossiping. But uh, gossiping is a sin, you know, when we go gossiping about other people. I'm afraid that many of us have turned the Wednesday night prayer meeting time into a time of gossiping. And that is certainly not pleasing to the Lord. Uh, Slanderers, God-haters insolent, arrogant, and arrogant and boastful. They invent new forms of evil. They disobey their parents. Now let me say something about disobedient to your parents. This is not just a commandment for children. A lot of people take the position, well I can't disobey my parents because I'm an adult. And once I become an adult, it doesn't matter whether I agree with my parents or not. I can disobey them if I want to. But I don't think God sees it that way. (laughs) You are to obey your parents, uh, especially as long as you live under their roof. Now, there were some times, even after I finished college, that I stayed briefly with my parents. And my parents very lovingly agreed to put up with me. But they did have one rule in particular that I had to go by, and that is as long as I put my feet under their table and slept under their roof, I was required 
to live by their rules and obey their rules. And at that point, it didn't matter how old I was. You know, I was maybe 30 years old at the time. That made no difference at all. As long as I was staying in my parents' home, I was required to uh, obey their rules and live by their rules. Otherwise, there were going to be consequences. And I might add, not very pleasant consequences. And so, as Christian adults today, we need to know we are to obey our parents even if we are over the age of 18. Don't think that you have God's permission to disobey your parents just because you're over 18. That's that's not the case. And some people say, well, that commandment really doesn't apply to me because my parents aren't alive. Well, let me tell you something. I try to honor my parents by the way that I live. You see, both of my parents are in heaven right now. They're, they're not alive on this earth anymore. They are in heaven. They're with Jesus. And yet, as long as I continue to live on this earth, I mean, I'm 66 going on 67 years old. I live in a way that I feel like honors my parents. I try to live in a way that does not, you know, bring disgrace on the way that they lived and the way they brought me up. A lot of people that I know today, <laughs> they, they were friends of my parents and they knew my parents very well. And they also know how my parents raised me. And so I try to respect the raising that my parents gave me, even today. Amen. It says they are senseless, faithless, heartless, merciless. I mean, you can see right here. I mean, Paul minces no words. I mean, Paul does not even try to appease anyone. Amen. He doesn't mince any words. Uh, he calls it like he sees it. And uh, ultimately, he paid a price for that. He, he was beheaded. But he was determined, as long as he was alive, he was going to preach and teach the Word of God. It says here, although they know God's righteous decree that those who do such things are worthy of death, they not only continue to do these things, but also approve of those who practice them. So you see, there is actually, in reality, two ways that you and I can sin. One way is directly, that is to actually deliberately do something that the Lord has told us in his word not to do. And the other way is to condone or approve of those who have such sinful practices. Now, getting back for a few moments to this sin of um, disobeying your parents, uh, that is called in the Bible the first commandment with promise. Now, let me ask you this. Why was that the first commandment with promise? Well, it was because of the fact that that was the first time in the Word of God the first time in the Word of God 
where it said this is going to happen if you do this and he says children obey your parents that your days may be long upon the earth now this may sound cruel and heartless by today's standards but back in Old Testament times and even back in New Testament times for a child to disobey their parents subjected them to the death penalty they could be killed for that and so if a child wanted to have a long life upon the earth um, they had best obey their parents now like I say I'm, I'm just trying to literally tell you what the Word of God says here I, I am by, not by any means I want to assure you, I am not by any means advocating child abuse in any form. No sirree. And if I were a parent, I would not take the position today that a child that disobeys me should be killed. Because that commandment belonged to another people at another time not to the people of our day and so if you're a parent wondering if you should kill your child for disobeying you now I mean I know that <laughs> I know sometimes your kids do things and man you just want to strangle them but I would not suggest that you see that was a commandment given under the law of Moses that applied to the Israelites but that commandment was never passed on, for example, to those of us who are Gentile believers. So I would say to Americans today who are Christians, that commandment does not apply to you. So be good to your kids. Try to discipline your kids and train them up in the way they should go without strangling them. <laughs> And I know it's tempting to do that sometimes. Amen. <laughs> now, this of course brings us into Romans chapter 2. And in Romans chapter 2, we're introduced to the subject of God's righteous judgment. God's righteous judgment. Now you see, this is why I believe judging needs to be done by the Lord it should not be done by us I, I can honestly say that I have no say so in of any kind whether somebody goes to heaven or hell and even if God were to give me permission to judge people and decide whether or not they should go to heaven or hell I would not want that awesome responsibility one reason is because I don't always know the facts Oh, I might think I do sometimes, but I don't. And therefore, I would not be capable of rendering what the Bible calls righteous judgment. But we can always be sure that God will offer righteous judgment. Paul says, You therefore have no excuse, you who pass judgment on another, for on whatever grounds you judge the other, you are condemning yourself. Because you who pass judgment do the same things. Isn't that amazing? <laughs> Sometimes I think what happens here is you and I have a tendency to 
uh, disobey the Lord. And then we criticize others who do the same thing. I think back several years ago, we had two nationally known evangelists that were in conflict with each other. And one evangelist had an affair with another woman. And one of his rival evangelists heavily criticized him for that. But it turned out the evangelist that was criticizing him for that was guilty of doing the same thing. You see, we have to realize that except it were for the grace of God, any of us would be capable of doing anything. Amen? Amen. In other words, we have to understand that when we see a drunk staggering down the highway, I mean, he's stoned half out of his mind, we have to realize, except it be for the grace of God, that could be us instead of him. Amen? Amen. And that is so sad. That is so sad. And yet we should try to reach out to that person and in love reach that person with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And that doesn't mean beating that person over the head with the Bible. That means lovingly, caringly, let that person know that the Lord Jesus Christ has a plan for their life, a beautiful plan for their life. He wants to love them all the way. And ultimately, he has this beautiful home in heaven for them. Amen. But he's just reminding us that we really can't pass judgment on others because we're guilty of the same things. Or we're guilty of some other sin. Now, uh, you know, according to the Bible, one sin is just as bad as another sin. Now, I may not commit the same sins you're committing, but I'm still committing sins. And you may not be committing the same sins I am, but you're still committing sins. And that's why we have to ask the Lord to help us see things the way he sees them. And we know that God's judgment against those who do such things is based on truth. So when you, O oh man, pass judgment on others and yet do the same things, do you think that you will escape God's judgment? He's saying, you know, look, when you sin and your brother sins, you're both committing the same sin, and you criticize him, do you think God's not going to punish you because you're criticizing your brother for doing it? It's not going to happen that way. Or do you disregard the riches of his kindness, tolerance, and patience, not realizing that God's kindness leads you to repentance? A lot of us are saved today because of the loving kindness of God, the mercifulness of God. We have a great loving God 
who has chosen never to give up on us, giving us all kinds of opportunities to love him and serve him. And as a result, God desires very much to not only give new life to us, but use us to help others become aware of the new life that God has for them. Paul goes on to say in verse 5, But because of your hard and unrepentant heart, you are storing up wrath against yourself for the day of wrath when God's righteous judgment will be revealed. God will repay each one according to his deeds. To those who, have, who by perseverance in doing good seek glory, honor, and immortality, he will give them eternal life. But for those who are self-seeking and who reject the truth and who follow wickedness, there will be wrath and danger. There will be wrath and danger. <laughs> now, uh, once again, I'm having to back up here. My, my Bible here wants to keep playing tricks on me here. <laughs> Bear in mind, I'm not talking about the Bible itself. I'm talking about the fact that I'm reading the Bible on my smartphone. And sometimes my smartphone wants to uh, act up. Now in verse 9, we are told that there will be trouble and distress for every human being who does evil. First for the Jew, and then for the Greek. But glory and honor and peace for everyone who does good, first to the Jew, then for the Greek. For God does not show favoritism. Now in other words, what Paul is saying here is that even though he's a Jew, and he's mostly preaching here to Gentiles, the fact of the matter is, he's saying, that God is not a partisan person. He doesn't favor the Jews over the Greeks. He doesn't favor the Greeks over the Jews. In other words, it's true that the Jews were the first to receive the gospel. But now this gospel is being made available to those who are Greek or Gentile. Paul goes on to say, All who sin apart from the law will also perish apart from the law, and all who sin under the law will be judged under the law. For it is not the hearers of the law who were righteous before God, it is the doers of the law who will be declared righteous. Now, you know, I'm afraid that we have it in our heads in this New Testament age that we're living in that we don't have to obey God. We say to ourselves, well, we don't have to obey God because, you see, that's Old Testament. That's Old Covenant. But in reality, I think we have to obey God just as much today as we ever did. Now, the primary difference is we're not saved by keeping the law. We are not saved by keeping the law or by doing good deeds that will not save us. You can't do enough good deeds 
to get saved if your life depended on it. And by the way, they didn't do that in the Old Testament either. I mean, they had the Law of Moses, but that didn't mean they kept the Law of Moses. Most of us who have studied the Old Testament all of our lives, we know that just didn't happen. It says here, Indeed, when Gentiles who do not have the law do by nature what the law requires, they are a law to themselves, even though they do not have the law. So they show that the work of the law is written on their hearts. Their conscience is also being witness, and their thoughts either accusing them or defending them on the day when God will judge men's secrets through Jesus Christ as proclaimed by my gospel. Now, you know, notice he says here, my gospel. In other words, Paul was so thoroughly convinced that the truth that he was preaching was the truth. He referred to it as his gospel. And um, he took the position, if anybody preached anything to you other than that, they were wrong, he was right. You know, Paul also took the position that you could follow him and in so doing you would ultimately be following Christ because that's who Paul was following. Now we have to be careful here. I don't think Paul was implying that he was without sin. In fact, Paul said on one occasion, I am the chief of sinners. But Paul knew that it was ultimately his desire. It was his desire to obey God in every circumstance. Then we come to the subject of the Jews and the law. Now, if you call yourself a Jew, if you rely on the law and boast in God, if you know his will and approve of what is superior, because you were instructed by the law, if you are convinced that you are a guide for the blind, a light for those in darkness, an instructor of the foolish, a teacher of infants, because you have in the law the embodiment of knowledge and truth, you then, who teach others, do you not teach yourself? You who preach against stealing, do you steal? You who forbid adultery, do you commit adultery? You who abhorred idols, do you rob temples? Now, you know, this is a very interesting thing here. He says, uh, you who forbid adultery, do you commit adultery? Uh, it reminds me of a time when I was a student over at New Orleans Baptist Theological Seminary. Um, it was very interesting because we had this one preacher from a large church in Jackson, Mississippi, he came down south to New Orleans at New Orleans Baptist Theological Seminary and basically he spent a whole week in chapel talking about the importance of a Christian home, the importance of living for the Lord and letting Christ be the head of your marriage. And at the end of the week he went home to Jackson, Mississippi. And on Sunday night that week, it was headline news 
all across the state of Mississippi that the pastor of this large church was forced to resign because of having an affair with a woman who was not his wife. Now I have to tell you, there were a lot of people at the seminary who were just utterly shocked in disbelief. They couldn't believe it. The guy who was the, the president of New Orleans Seminary at the time, he was crushed. He felt duped and deceived by a man that he had considered up to that point to be an honorable man of God. But, you know, I thought to myself then, and I still think the same way now, you know, any preacher worth his salt has to admit, you know, I'm just a sinner saved by grace. A pastor that thinks there's some sin that he's incapable of committing, he's probably in danger of committing that very sin. Now, in this particular case, as more news and information got out about that affair, it turns out this was an affair that actually started a year earlier. And when it came to light, it was mostly a private matter at the time in that particular church. But as this affair came to light, the pastor met with the deacons and he said, I really want another chance. He said, this affair is history. It's no longer going on. And I want to continue doing the job that the Lord called me to do. And, and you know, uh, the deacons went along with that. They, they said, we can agree with that. God's a loving and forgiving God. And so they said, yeah, we'll give you another chance. But you need to understand, preacher. You get caught doing this again, you're out the door. And sure enough, a year later, he got caught doing it again with the same woman. He was out the door. He says, You who boast in the law, do you dishonor God by breaking the law? As it is written, God's name is blasphemed among you. Or, let me read that again. God's name is blasphemed among the Gentiles because of you. Circumcision has value if you observe the law. But if you break the law, your circumcision has become uncircumcision. If a man who is not circumcised keeps the requirements of the law, will not his uncircumcision be regarded as circumcision? The one who is physically uncircumcised, yet keeps the law, will condemn you, who even though you have the written code and circumcision, you are a lawbreaker. A man is not a Jew because he is one outwardly, nor is circumcision only outward and physical. No, a man is a Jew because he is one inwardly, and by circumcision as a matter of the heart. By the spirit, not the written code. Such a man's praise does not come from men, but from God. 
In other words, Paul is trying to establish the fact that really there's no difference between the Jew and the Greek. If a Gentile were to keep the word of God, even though physically they're not circumcised, that's good. But what good does it do a Jew who is physically circumcised, but yet they don't keep the law? That's sad. Now, I might also point out, of course, that ultimately, especially in our day, we need to realize that to be a Jew in reality, you have to be born a Jew. You cannot choose to become a Jew. Now, a Gentile, for example, here in America, a Gentile can convert to Judaism, but that in and of itself does not make them a Jew because they were not born that way. But one of the things that Paul is trying to lay the groundwork for here in the book of Romans is the fact that ultimately there's no difference between the Jew and the Greek. God loves both, and God has a plan for both. Amen. Now that will actually bring us to the end of... Um, it will bring us to the very end of Romans chapter 2. And I believe in our next study we will get into Romans chapter 3. And I tell you, there is some really deep stuff here in Romans chapter 3, which is especially why I don't want to get into it tonight. It, it's so tempting to say, well, let's go ahead and get started in Romans chapter 3, but I really don't care to do that because of the very simple fact that um, we don't have near enough time to cover chapter 3 in its entirety. And because we don't have enough time to cover chapter 3 in its entirety, I'd rather wait and do chapter 3 next time, which is basically what we are going to do. Now, um, I do want to invite you to continue sending in your Bible study questions as well as any prayer requests that you have because they mean a lot to me and I want to pray for you any way I can. If you like, I will be glad to share your prayer requests with our radio audience. Uh, I don't know about you, but a lot of times I find it very comforting to know and to realize that Christian people all across America are praying for the needs that I have. And people all over America and throughout the world are praying for the needs you have. Because if I'm a Christian and you're a Christian, then you and I are brothers and sisters in Christ. And we need to lift each other up in prayer. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, if you have a prayer request or a praise report that you want to share with me,
then I want you to know that you can do so by sending me an email to warrenlandis at yahoo.com or warrenlandis at gmail.com. Either way, I'll get it, and I'll be glad to do it. And if you have any questions, I would love to answer your questions about the Bible. And once again, if you want me to, I'll be glad to share these questions and answers with our radio audience as well. And when you send me an email, if you want to share with me what the ministry of Sunshine USA means to you, that would be encouraging as well. I would love to hear uh, some of the great things that have happened in your life as a result of Sunshine USA. And hopefully God will give us many more years in which to continue studying the Bible by way of the Internet. Uh, right now I'm going to go to the Lord a word of prayer. I'm going to pray for each one of you and then we'll call it an evening. The Lord, I just want to thank you so much for your word. I want to thank you, Lord, that we can have fellowship around your word. That you could teach us the deeper things of God from your word, Lord. And Lord, we know that the Bible is your truth without any mixture of error. And Lord, we know that the Bible, when it's preached and taught, it has the power to change lives. And Lord, we so thank you for that. Lord, I thank you for the fact that you're still moving and doing great things in the world today. And Lord, I thank you for the fact that you have used this broadcast to introduce many people across the world to the love of Jesus Christ. For it's all these things we pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen, I tell you. Well, folks, uh, I've enjoyed being with you this evening. This is Warren Landis from Greenville, South Carolina, saying goodbye, God bless you, and guess what? I'm going to see you next time on Sunshine USA.